Well, good morning, church. Welcome, folks, from Louisiana. We are honored to have you with us today. I, uh, I, I went back there, and there was a whole group of people, and they said, we've got to find a place for them to sit. I said, bring them right to the front. Baptists never sit in the front. <laughs> you always find a seat in the Baptist church up front, but we're honored to have you with us today. We hope you enjoy yourself and that you join us as we worship together. Um, today, I want to continue our series. Uh, we started last week on the four C's. And uh, today we're going to talk about the second one of those, and it is coming together often and bringing others. If you remember last week, we talked about committing ourselves and finding the commitment to the church and what God wanted us to do, and that we were going to pray together. You were going to pray as individuals, as God was going to speak to you and hopefully lead you to what gifts you have and that you can use them in our church. And this week, we want to talk about inviting others and as we go forward. Somebody asked me why I was doing this series, and I said, because I want us to get on the same page as a church. You know, we've kind of been together for so long here the last 12 months, and we're going in a direction, this direction, as a church body, and I want us all pulling in the same direction. So that's kind of my thought behind that. So come together and bring others with you. Um, Let's look at the book of Acts. That's where we've been uh, getting our passages of Scripture from, our text. And uh, I, I don't think there's any better place to look than where the church started. Amen? Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It's one verse. I want to read this one verse. I want you to look at it real close. It says this. They committed themselves to teaching of the apostles, life together, the common meal, and prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we pause right now. We invite you to continue to be with us, Lord, as you have been. I pray, God, that you would use me. And I pray, Lord, that the words that I speak would be from you, and God, that it would go out and it would not return void. You promised us that, and so I pray that you'd be in our midst as we've already felt your presence. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Church, do we really need to attend church? I agree, I agree, I agree. You know, uh, I grew up in church, and I heard some funny stories as a kid growing up in church. One of them was, uh, was this story. Some of you may have heard it. It was a Sunday morning, uh, and William's mother went in on a Sunday morning to wake him up, and she said, William, get up. It's Sunday morning. It's time to go to church. He pulled the covers over his head, and he said, I don't want to go to church. And uh, he said, there's two reasons I don't want to go. Those people up there don't like me, and I don't like them. She came back in there and said, there's two reasons you need to go. Number one, you're the preacher. And you're 42 years old, get up. (laughs) Church attendance, it's important. Another preacher was standing at the back of the door as they were going out after the service. And uh, he was shaking hands with people as we sometimes do. And the gentleman walked out and the preacher pulled him over to the side and he said, Hey, uh, sure would like for you to come with us, son, and join the army of God. And the young man replied and he said, Well, I am in the army of God. And the preacher looked back at him and said, well, then how come I only see you on Easter and Christmas? He said, because I'm in the Secret Service Department. (laughs) I know. I told these to my wife, and she was like shaking her head. (laughs) Church, do we need to come to church? And I believe the answer to that is yes. You see, I believe, as I've said before, this hour of the week, as we gather corporately as the body of Christ, should be one of the most exciting times of the week. When we can come to this place and relieve our burdens, let it all go and be encouraged by each other as the body of Christ. 
I believe the answer is yes. We need to be here as Christ followers. See, as Christ followers, we believe that our purpose in life starts with God. I was preaching this message in the first service when it was over. I had a gentleman come to me. He said, I got up this morning and told my wife, I said, man, I can't wait to go to church and, and get blessed. She said, now, wait a minute. Are you going to church with your bib or your apron? Which one are you wearing today? You see, when we come here, it's about him, isn't it? It's truly about him as we seek his will. As Christians here at Burlington Baptist Church, my dream and my vision, and this church has got this. We've done this. It was started that way, as I mentioned last week. It's to share the gospel, to teach, to preach the gospel, as Jesus did. It's what they did in the early church. Nobody in the Bible that I've ever read was an island. Have you ever read in the Bible where there was someone that was an island as a believer in terms of, you know, the way they practiced their faith? No. We're supposed to go into all the world. At least nine of the 27 books in the New Testament were written to a local church. See, Jesus started that. Paul instructed the churches. And other of those books that are in the New Testament were written to the people that were leading in those churches. If you read Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came on those disciples. They were gathered at Pentecost. It was, can you imagine? There they were, all gathered. And the Holy Spirit came in that day. They were in one accord. And then you know what happened next? It says, they began to speak in tongues. And, and, the, and the Bible goes on and says, they heard each one of them in their own languages. What? I mean, some of the people thought they were drunk. They were acting so crazy. But they didn't know what was happening. But the people heard the message, and the gospel went out in a universal way. There were no barriers. That's the beauty of that passage of Scripture to me. As in the Old Testament, you know, the Tower of Babel, it was confusing. In the New Testament, this day, we see the gospel going out unhindered. It couldn't be stopped. Whew, that's exciting stuff right there. They believed the message, and they used their gifts, each one of them. And it went from 120 to 3,000 like that. Mega church overnight. Think about it. Think about 3,000 people. That's a lot of people. The early church folks shared their experience. They didn't find the Lord and then go somewhere and run off and not share it. They shared their experience. Andrew met Jesus and went and told his brother about Jesus. Philip went straightway and contacted Nathanael after his encounter with the living Christ. And this one I love, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew was a tax collector, you know, and at the time, in these times of the scriptures, tax collectors were kind of like not looked upon favorably, right? And Matthew accepts Jesus, takes Jesus to his house, and gathers a bunch more tax collectors, and he sits down with them, and can you imagine what was, conversation was there? And here's the disciples, and, they're, and they said, man, he's sitting with publicans and sinners. What's up with that? It was revolutionary. The gospel is revolutionary. It changes the way we look at things. It changes the way we look at people. Following Jesus requires us to share Jesus. Look at this crowd. I don't know how many are here. I can never get that right. I'd say there's probably five, six hundred, maybe six fifty. Think about all of the stations in life that we go to as we leave here this week. Every one of you go somewhere 
your stations in life. I go my place, you go yours. Wouldn't it be cool if when those stations, when we travel, we share the gospel? Somebody say amen. I know we're Baptists, but you don't have to be quiet. There's another story about the gospel message and sharing the gospel, and it's in, the, it's in John chapter 4, and it's one of my favorite ones. I learned this when I was in the youth group. I remember growing up in the church, and I remember the guy that taught me this lesson. Uh, I thought it was so, so neat. Uh, Jesus goes to Jacob's well, and he's sitting there, and a lady comes up to the well. And Jesus says to her, give me something to drink. And she looked at him. She was a Samaritan lady. And in the, at the time, in the times, there was this thing where the Jews and the Samaritans didn't, didn't talk. He crossed that barrier. And she said, you know, give you water? What? But then the conversation began. And he told her who he was. And then he began to tell her who she was. He talked about her past. He already knew. And it blew her mind. She said, he knows everything about me. And then she began to follow him. And it, as the story goes, she took Christ into her life, and it changed her. And you know what she did? She went off to an island and never told another soul. Eh, wrong. She couldn't contain herself. She went back to the town where she came from, and you know what she did? She told them all about Jesus, what he had done in her life, how he changed her life. She didn't go off on some big theological discourse. She didn't go off on what blah, blah, blah. She talked about life change in her life and what God had done to her. And you know what happened? There was a revival in the town. How cool is that? Think about it. Think about it. She told them about Jesus, and she connected with her hometown. And it says in verse 39 of that chapter, many of the Samaritans believed because the woman said, he told me everything I've done. She shared her experience. She shared Jesus. What more is there? What more is there really? When was the last time that you shared your experience with Jesus? You remember when you got saved, those of you who are Christ followers? Remember when you got saved? You remember how excited you were? Remember how you just, that fire was in your heart? I wouldn't shut up, man. I had people running from me. I was a real Bible thumper right out of the gate. I know, I know. But I was young. I was excited. And sometimes I think we, we uh, overcorrect with that. Over the past couple of weeks, several of you have watched my reaction. You love to do this to me. And by the way, I'm the new pastor here for the folks in from Louisiana. I've been here two weeks, going on eight years. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up either, I promise. But some of you love to come up to me and say, hello, Reverend, to watch my reaction. And I, I get a kick out. Or hello, Pastor, just to watch my reaction. I thought about that as I was preparing this message. Just as this lady had a town to reach, and just as we all go to different places in our life, we have our own towns, don't we, to reach? Places to proclaim the gospel. Because like an old preacher told me when I was growing up, he said, we all preach something. We're all preaching something. So as we look at this coming together and sharing the gospel, the reason we do that is because we're looking for a purpose. What's it all about? What is it all about? 
I believe we can look in the scriptures and find the answers to that. Ephesians 2.19 says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. See, when you become a part of Christ's following, you're part of a family. You're into the family. Somebody say amen. I'm an only child. I bet you can tell. My wife says you can tell. I don't know how you can tell that. But anyway, when you get into the family of Christ, you're with family. You're with friends. Following the Lord includes belonging. It involves belonging. You know, I've I talked to a lot of people over, the, over my lifetime in walking with Christ, and people say to me, well, you know, but I, I mean, I just don't like all those crowds. I'm not comfortable with that whole church thing. And I've often wondered when people say that, why? Is it our fault? Is it the church's fault? You know what? I think some of it can be. Because we don't welcome people. We want people to come in on our terms. These stories that we just read, did you see how Jesus welcomed them? Just like he did you and just like he did me. Open arms. Maybe it's because we haven't emphasized the love of Christ like we need to. Over the past years, I've talked to a lot of people. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've had people ask me, what is my purpose in life? If I were to ask you that, how would you answer that today? See, I believe in the church and in the gospel, we find our purpose. It starts with God. That's our purpose. A couple of uh, weeks ago, I met with a lady. She was middle-aged, and she came in my office, and she said, I just, I just need to talk. And I said, pour it on. Sometimes we just need to do that, just need to have somebody listen to us, don't we? And she began to talk, and she said, my kids are grown. I don't, I don't feel like I have any purpose left. What is my purpose? And she talked for a while, and I, I finally, I said, uh, after she slowed down a little bit, I said, can I ask you a question? She said, yeah. I said, where do you go to church? Oh, well, she said, you know, I, I don't, I'm a spiritual person, but I don't go to church. I see some of you shaking your head. We, you, you hear that, don't you? And I'm not going to argue that you can't be spiritual, uh, but I can argue with you that you do need to go to church. And I asked her, I said, you know, the thing about it is, and I knew her, I've known her for a long time, I said, you know, the thing about it is, you grew up in a church. What happened? Oh, well, she said, I got hurt. You know what? We've all been hurt. Doesn't mean that we give up, does it? So I began to talk to her, and I said, uh, you know, you need to find a place to fellowship, because that's what the church is all about. We're supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to help one another through our junk. Somebody say amen. We've all got junk, right? And as I began to talk to her, next thing you know, I found out she was going to church. She went to church last Sunday. How cool is that, right? Didn't give her no great swelling words. I don't have those picked up on that probably already (laughs) last week i was at the hospital visiting someone an 83 year old man and he was very ill and he said you know i've come a long way i've raised my kids life's been tough on me i don't understand what's the whole purpose of all this And I shared with him the gospel message. And I said, you know, the real key to this purpose thing is 
that we find our purpose and our meaning in Jesus. Max Licato is one of my favorite writers. I want to read this quote that he wrote, or this is an excerpt from one of his books. Listen to this. I love this because I think it speaks to every one of us. Mind deep in every heart and you'll find it. The longing for meaning. A quest for purpose. As surely as a child breathes, he will someday wonder, what is my purpose of my life? Some search for meaning in a career. My purpose is to be a dentist. It's a fine vocation, but hardly justification for an existence. Others opt to be a human doing rather than a human being. Got the shirt for that one. They work many hours because if they don't work, they don't have an identity. For others, who they are is what they have. They find meaning in a new car, a new house, new clothes. Nothing wrong with those things, but when they become an end in themselves, it's a problem, isn't it? These people are great for the economy and rough on the budget because they're always seeking meaning in something they own. Some try sports, some try entertainment, cults, sex, you name it. But they're all mirages in the desert. Shouldn't we face the truth? If we don't acknowledge God, we are floatsome in the universe. It's God that gives us the meaning. It's God that brings purpose to our life. God gives us a purpose. And the church is something he established for his purposes. And I believe that God wants you to be a part of that. And I believe the scripture teaches that. In the passages in the book of Acts that we've been reading, it says they came together and they prayed together. They did life together. When we isolate ourselves, guess what happens? It becomes about us. When I'm by myself, I'm alone. Guess what I think about? Me. Amen? It's not about us. It's about him. And we have to start from that side. Why do we need to come together and bring others? I believe it's because it gives our lives meaning. And I believe that Christ established the church for that very purpose. You know, there was a time in my life when I'd taken on a job and, and um, public work. And all I could think about was going up that ladder. And there's nothing wrong with that. But God had a calling on my life. And when God has a calling on your life, you'll never be happy until you answer that. Amen? Y'all with me today? Or... And I remember the day that I got laid off from that job that I was pursuing so hard. I went home and I was devastated because my identity had become that position. You know, those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm a musician as well, and I love to play. When I was a young man, all I wanted to do was play piano. Man, I wanted to be the best piano player out there. Well, I found out that wasn't going to happen, but anyway. It <laughs> lost my train of thought there. <laughs> my point was my identity had become in Kent being the music, Kent Holland the musician. And, you know, that was a bucket with a hole in it because it never satisfied. No matter what I did, no matter where I went, for 20 years, I pursued that. I pursued it just fervently to the point that I almost lost my wife, my family, everything I had. And you know why that happened? Because I took my eyes off of the Lord. 
I lost my purpose. I lost what God had really called me to do. And that was to share the gospel. Today, what is your purpose? If I were to ask you that, as I said earlier, what would you, how would you answer that? I remember as a, as a young man thinking, man, I got this car, got this good-looking girl. Her name was Diane, by the way. That's my wife by you guys down here. And uh, I thought, man, if I could just get a new car to cruise around Frisch's with her, and I'd have everything, you know. I'd have the world by the tail. I got that new car, and you know what happened? It wasn't six months. I wanted another car. I thought, well, if me and her could ever buy a house. And don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for those things. Those are gifts from God, and I'm not against that. But what I'm trying to tell you is that our identification has to be in Jesus if we want to find contentment and purpose in life. And I believe that God uses us wherever we go. We come together, we bring others. I was over at the hospital a couple of weeks ago. Those of you that know me know that I love Harley Davidson. Well, you might as well get used to this because, you know, we have preachers talk about different hobbies and different things they like. Mine's motorcycles. So you're going to hear a lot about motorcycles. One day I was over at the hospital in Cincinnati, the big hospital. I was on an elevator and I had on a Harley shirt. It was a collared shirt. It said Harley Davidson Motorcycles. And I'm standing there in the elevator and this guy walks in with a white coat on and he says to me, so you ride a motorcycle? I said, yeah. He said, you're here to see somebody? I said, yeah. He said, what do you do? I said, I'm pastor. At the time, I was worship pastor. I said, I'm worship pastor at Burlington Baptist Church. He went. <laughs> he said, so is that the new attire for worship pastors? I said, it is in my church. <laughs> and we laughed about it, but you know what? It gave me an opportunity to start talking to this guy. And then another guy speaks up in the elevator. The next thing you know, everybody in the elevator is talking about Jesus. And we're about to have a revival by the time we got to the sixth floor. <laughs> all because of that stupid shirt I had on. We all have a purpose. It's God that gives our lives meaning outside of ourselves. You see, if uh, people are starving, people are starving for this. People are starving to find that peace that's missing in their life. And as Christ followers, it's our responsibility to share that. Amen? Just as the early church. And so that's why... I'm talking about these messages. And as a church, we don't want to lose sight. You can get complacent, you know. And that's usually when a church goes up like this and then does this. It's when we get complacent and we start focusing inward. I wanted to remind us as a church that we need to continue to come together often. And not just for ourselves, but to bring others. There's people everywhere you don't have to take people from another church. The world is full of people that are hurting. Let's reach out to them. Let's share the gospel. Let's share what this purpose is. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the one thing that will fill that slot in our lives. Our relationship with God is personal, but it's not private. As our world changes, the methods of sharing have changed, but not really. I had my four grandkids up here this past week. Well, Diane did. I worked. But my grandkids are, I think they're seven, five, and three. And we have twins on the bottom. And so we had these children at home uh, with us all week. And when I would go home at night, I would go in and they would have Diane's iPad, her, her iPhone, and they were just going crazy like this. I mean, even the four-year-olds. Communication, how to run these things. It's changed, hasn't it? I have a question. I call my eight-year-old grandkid. 
why can't we use these things to relate with people? And the younger generation is doing that. I have people in the office that help me with that quite frequently. Reaching out to people, using the things that are part of our lives to connect social media. They gave me a piece of paper this week, uh, gave me a report about we, we put these sermons out on, on, online and we do podcasts. And so we have people that get on there and check those out. Um, it's interesting. They gave me a report and I was looking at this. Did you know that our services go to China? There are people in China that watch what we're doing. There's people in Afghanistan that watch what we're doing. Hungary. Um, Mexico. I mean, it, I was blown away. I'm thinking, that's, that's incredible. Who would have ever thought that we could do that kind of thing? We even have people in Bowling Green, Kentucky watching. <laughs> Our messages reach out. As human beings, we were created to be in community. We were created to be in community. As early as Genesis 2.18 You see the passage of Scripture in Genesis 2.18. God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created a woman to walk in life with him, beside him, not under him, not above him, beside him. Somebody say amen, boys. That's right. Get that straight. We are community. We are people of community. And in the church, we are connected to other believers. And aren't you glad of that? I don't know how many times I've gone to the hospital and I've walked in a room and they said, I'm so glad to see you, somebody from the church. I've also gone on the hospital where there was somebody in this bed, somebody in the other bed next to them and said, will you go over and talk to them? Nobody's come to see them. It's good to have a church family. There are benefits to having a church family. You can call on each other in the middle of the night. You can pray for one another. How many of you know one person that you can invite to this church? Raise your hand. I'm not going to put you on the spot. How many of you know one person you can invite to this church? I want to challenge you. Think about that this week. Pray about that. And ask God to lead you in that. Commit to a personal and a growing relationship with Christ. We're called to belong, not just to believe. We're called to be a part of community. We're called to be in the church. It is a thing that God established. So what do we take away from this today? As Christians, we are a community of people who need each other. We need each other. You know, um, Diane and I have moved, I think, 13 times in our 40 years of marriage. That's a lot of moving. You know what the first thing we would do when we would go to, church, go to a new town? Find a church. You know why we did that? Because I wanted to connect with people that felt the same way I felt, that believed the same things I believed. I wanted my kids to be in that environment. We are a community of people who need each other as the church. The other thing we can take away from this is that Christ established the church. He established the church. Remember what he said to Peter? Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not stop it. 2,000 years this has been going on, and it's about relationships. That's how it happens. Relationships, sharing with one another. Number two, Christ established the church. Number three, take away. The local church is a New Testament teaching. 
And number four, I want you to find comfort in this. We are to be a part of the body of Christ, the church. It's up to you. It's really up to you. I had a lady come to me after the service was over. I had two people come to me after the first service. Second one came to me and said, I want to, be a, I want to join this church. I want to be a member of this church. I've dilly-dallied long enough. I want to come into, she said, I, go every, I do everything in here. I, I mean, I, I come to all the services. I'm involved in everything. I want to be a member. I want to be official. I don't want to be a secret service person in the church. I'm not here to sell you anything today. I'm not here to try to make you feel guilty. I'm here to give you hope. I'm here to preach the gospel to you. And I'm here to tell you that the church is alive and well. And it's relative. Young people, it's relative down here. I know you believe that. You're with a young group of people. And and don't ever forget that. Be encouraged by that. We are to love one another. So as we go forward, Burlington Baptist Church, second point of the message is that we come together often. And we bring others with us, okay? Invite people. Encourage them. Man, we've got so many cool things going. I started counting in my new gig here. I started counting the ministries that we have going on in this church. There are over 51, and I'm not done yet. We need each and every one of you to be a part of our church. Church is not a spectator activity. We've put it that way, I think, in America. We've kind of done that in the last 30 years. We've made it like that. Where sometimes people want to just step back and let it, well, somebody else will do that. But what are you doing? What are you doing? God gave you gifts. We need you to be a part of our church. We need you to be a part of a bigger thing. I'm going to ask the praise team to come. And we're going to sing a song. And this song kind of sums up, uh, I think it's a good way to, to tie this up today. Basically, the way we come to Jesus is by surrendering. It's kind of interesting how you surrender and you gain. Isn't that a neat concept? And so we're going to sing this song, and it's called I Surrender All. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I'm going to ask Brent to lead us. But before we do that, I want you to bow your heads with me. You know, we're so busy. We are so busy in the world. So right now, we're just going to stop for a moment. As Brent mentioned earlier, it's good to just stop. We're going to go into this time of our service, and I'm going to ask you, what is it that God's wanting you to do? I I can't answer that. You, You know what God's leading you to do. Maybe he's put it on your heart to share your story with somebody. Maybe he's put it on your heart to to follow him. Maybe he's put it on your heart to join a church. Maybe he's put it on your heart to be baptized. This is a time in our service where we uh, respond. On both sides of the sanctuary, there are tables. And communion is set there. Maybe this is a time where you'd like to come forward with your family maybe with someone that you love and just break bread together I want to encourage you to do that whatever God's leading you to do as we go into this time of our service will you respond to that